Missed my cue there. <laughs> All right. Well, good morning, church family. Um, I'm pretty excited today because we have uh, another special guest. And uh, going back to what I've shared with you before on uh, our vision as a church um, and our five to ten year plan in developing relationships with missionaries across the world on each continent, right? And every month I get to come up here and I get to share with you what's going on with the people that we're partnered with now and and how we engage with them and what they need and what we need to be praying with, um, what we need to be in prayer for with them. Um, but today, you know, um, we get to have one with us. Uh, Jeremiah and Katana, all the updates that I've given you throughout the year and their mission trip to Thailand. Well, today, we get to welcome him back home. And we get to hear about his story. We get to ask him questions. And we get to hear some really cool stuff about him and Drake's relationship because that was Jeremiah's <laughs> youth pastor growing up. So what I want to do is invite Jeremiah to come up here. And, um, yeah, let's, let's uh, share with the church family um, your experience. But first, um, let, let's, let, let's talk about how this church, how far back this church has a relationship with you. Pastor Drake. So yeah. Hello. Good morning. All right. Uh, I think Drake, Drake and I's relationship go back to when I was about 18, 19, 20, around there. So yeah, 15 plus years ago. Uh, like he said, yeah, uh, he was the new youth pastor coming in, and I was just getting into like student leadership. So uh, he got to lead me a bit, and uh, I got to see how Drake formed ministry and organized ministry in like a good collective way and a good healthy way. Like, oh, this is great. So, uh. yeah, awesome. Well, what? No, no, hold on, hold on. I got this. I got this coming. So, <laughs> so tell us a little. Tell us. Do you have an experience, a humorous experience that you would like to share about your time that you spent with Drake? Yeah, so I guess uh, the first time I met Drake, uh, it was like the first maybe youth night. He was leading the youth there at First Baptist in Cheyenne. And uh, as a student leader, uh, I was like, oh, I, we were doing a trust fall through it. And, uh, you know, the kids would fall back and like, oh, cool, they caught me. I was like, how can I take this to the next level? And maybe scare Drake a little bit, too. And so... There was a playground in the church where we were doing this, and I got up on the monkey bars, pretty high, like decently decent size height, and uh, it wasn't quite high enough. And I was like, "All right, you guys ready?" And like, All these junior high kids, sure, we got you. <laughs> and like, it wasn't quite high enough, so I even like jumped, jumped off the monkey bars, just straight back. And yeah, that was. I'm sure I scared. Yeah, Drake a little bit there, but they, they caught me. They kind of caught me. They mostly just broke my fall, really. But. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So fast forward a few years. Uh, my family starts attending this church, and, and then uh, I start helping out in missions and then trying to figure out. We were talking earlier today. When was the first time we met? Do you remember? I, I, I was here. Be, it was in Fort Morgan. It was here in Fort yeah. Morgan. But besides that, we, we spent a lot of time together. Um, Katana's not here today. Where's she at today? Katana is uh, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, okay. currently. We had a big graduation party last night for her brother, and a lot of family went down from her side. So. Yeah. 
Katana. Yeah, there she is. Yeah, there she is. Yeah. I want to say hi to you. We miss you. Love you. Hope to see you soon. Yeah. Um, the time that we going back to what I was talking about. The time that we spent together, um, we we did a lot of ministry work together. We, we hung out a lot. My kids got to spend time with me and Katana. We did family camp. He was there too during the tug of war game that I played where I tore my bicep, and that's why I don't play tug of war anymore. For those of you that, that didn't know that, um, we also did some stuff here with the youth, and then he also helped me with the construction of my house. So I, that house, again, tied to, to the missionaries and, and how that house is, has been able to, to have that personal uh, relationship, you know, bring other missionaries in. We had that, that last family, the Williams, who got to stay, huge family. That was a blessing. You helping me when I was building the foundation, and I remember you. Uh, running that jumping jack, or I don't know if the jumping jack was running you oh, yeah, when you were yeah. compacting the soil, but <laughs> but but we had a great time. Um, our relationship grew, spent a lot of time, we had a lot of fun. They they led uh, the worship, uh, right? I found it for that those two years, and they had my kids love you guys. We hung out with the Bible. So let's have a seat. Let's dig in a little bit more, and. Uh, Got a lot of questions for you. Man. All right. And then after I finish, I'm going to open it up to you guys and see what kind of questions you have for Jeremiah today. Oh, I think that's. There we go. All right. There we go. Put one foot. Yeah. All right. So give us a little bit of a uh, little bit of biographical history um, about yourself, uh, how you felt called to ministry, and and I'm going to kind of compound a bunch of questions here and that way you can how you met Katana and then how you were called to go to time. Okay? Yeah, great. So I grew up in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. And uh, my parents got there through the Air Force. And so I was born and raised. <laughs> yep, Air Force, all right. <laughs> so you gotta yeah. Anyway. Uh where was the, uh, uh, so born and raised in Cheyenne. Uh, I did the military thing as well. And I went to Iraq, and then uh, when when I got back from Iraq, I was just like, there was a young guy that died over there. I was just like, man, life's, he was younger than me. And I was 22 over there, and he was 20. I was like, man, life's so short. This is like, there's no other purpose to live except to live for Jesus. You know what I mean? And so I was just real on fire for the Lord. And uh, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to finish my associate's degree because that's important. My education's good. And uh, so I met my wife. She was her roommate. I came back from Iraq. She was sitting on the floor. And uh, the first question I asked her was, uh, so what do you think about Jesus? <laughs> so that, that kind of shocked her, right? Uh, it, she was uh, kind of born and raised Catholic. And then uh, I and, uh, invited her. We were, I've, I've been doing ministry for a while now, or un, even under people doing ministry and just Ever since I turned 18, really, I've been in some kind of ministry in some way, whether it be camp ministry, um, worship. Uh, I've preached a lot in old folks' homes. That's a great place to preach. Like, you can do a lot of failures out there. Uh, truck, truck stop <laughs> ministries. I, I've absolutely bombed at truck stop ministries. But no, no one knows. No one knows. They're on the road somewhere, and they don't know who I am. So it's great. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, so. Awesome, man. <laughs> So what what led you? What what do you what do you think uh, led to the calling to go to town? 
Yeah. Uh, so being a missionary was never really on my radar. Mm -hmm. I was like, it'd be cool, but I, I like where I'm at, you know. And uh, you know, I got married to Katana. Oh, she looks. She's a. She's like one of the few Asians in Wyoming, right? <laughs> like she was born and raised in Douglas, and like the only Asian family in Douglas. And she actually got voted in high school her senior year, the most likely to live overseas. And she was so offended that she's like, "It's just because I'm I'm Asian." <laughs> like, come on. Uh, and uh, it turns out it was true, right? It was a bit prophetic for her life. But uh, just looking back in. Like really discerning, like okay, like I do enjoy like other cultures. It would be nice to go and like spend some time. And so when we got engaged, when Katana and I got engaged, we went to about eight different church services in a month, and they were all about missions in Southeast Asia. So it was like okay, hold on, maybe the Lord's like speaking speaking something here, so maybe we should be wise and discerning, seek us out. And so we did, and we took those steps, and we then found our uh, mission ending organization. And they gave us more discernment, and uh, they said, "How about Thailand?" I said, "Sure, I don't know anything about Thailand, but sounds sounds cool." Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. So, so what did you do to prepare? So, our mission ascending organization, uh, they gave us really, really great training. Uh, they've had missionaries in the field for thirty plus years, like doing successful ministry. And so, we went to Atlanta, Georgia, to learn. Learn all these things from them. Uh, I said, how, how we studied and how to study a language effectively, right? And like have, how to have grace for yourself when you're studying a language. You're gonna fail. Yeah, go out there and fail. You don't want to get stuck behind closed doors. Uh, the the number one thing I learned from the training is the, it's called the ladder of infer, inference. You know about? Yeah. Well, I can't remember all the steps, but basically, uh, it's your experience. And then up here is your actions. And between that, like, what you think, like, what's going on here? And it reinforces what you think about them, and then it goes back down. It's a reinforced, like, it's a cycle of reality, right, that you live in. Like, maybe it's not quite right. And so you got to go back down to that bottom rung and, like, reprocess. Like, maybe that's actually not what's happening here. And so in Thailand, we had to do that a lot. Like, I have no idea what's happening. It's a bleeding culture. <laughs> Barely... No one's, like, there's a, a few people that speak English, right? But not much. So, like, if I don't even know the language, I probably don't even actually know what's going on at all <laughs> in the culture. So, yeah. Thanks. So, when we were talking this morning, we were kind of reflecting um, that time for preparing, and that season that you're getting ready to, to be launched to Thailand. It was really close in COVID. Mm. So, explain those challenges that you faced during that, that COVID and how that affected the launch date? So COVID affected our launch date in that uh, it took away like opportunities to come and speak to different churches and like fundraising and outreach, right? To uh, say, hey, yeah, support us, mission to Thailand. But uh, that was, that w it was just a grit on our part and like to overcome that and really get after it and uh, pursue the vision of God that we wanted us to do. And we weren't going to let that stop us. But it, it was really good timing in that COVID in China, Wyoming, or even Douglas, Wyoming, I'm probably assuming here too, I'm not sure, but it was like, eh, whatever, I'll wear a mask, I don't care. Like, you going to wear a mask? Nah, I'm fine. 
uh, in Thailand, it was like, wow, everyone's so serious there. Like, everyone got locked down. Like, the suicide rate increased drastically just because of lockdown. We're so... So, when, <clears throat> when all that kind of calmed down, you were able to finally get all your funding, get everything ready to prepare, and your launch date came. What, 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 explain the emotions you felt. Explain that whole thing. Man, we're finally getting to go. Share that with us. Yeah, it was, I knew it was going to be hard, so I, I came in with it with realistic expectations, expecting to struggle, expecting just to yeah, suffer a bit, right? <laughs> like, hopefully have some fun along the way, too. Right? Um, but, so like like I was saying, we had a really cool opportunity to go there the first time. Uh, so during COVID, there was, like, visa issues all the time. Like, the whole, whole our whole stay in Thailand, we had visa issues, right? That was another thing. But uh, as soon as we entered into Thailand, it, we, it was amazing. I, I called Drake. Actually, from like the first day we were there, I was like, look where I'm at. <laughs> this is awesome. But uh, because tour, like the economy of Thailand is a lot of tourism uh, from Europe, Australia, and these other nations. They got some beautiful beaches. Uh, the COVID like wiped all that out. So they had really amazing deals. They were trying to get tourists to come back to support the economy. And like we got a really really awesome deal. And we had to do a quarantine for two weeks. And instead of doing it in a hotel room, just us two, we could go to the whole island of Phuket, and uh, we got it like a four-star resort for like dirt cheap. It was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> Let's go. So, uh, awesome. But that was that was our uh, initial contact. Okay. But then, as soon as we entered into Bangkok, uh, the the Thai people aren't like super warm and welcoming people. Uh, so we we flew into Bangkok and we didn't get picked up. We didn't get a ride. It was just like, all right, come, come here. <laughs> just like, okay, yeah, we can figure it out. Yeah, it's fine. So let's navigate through this. And uh, it was a bit difficult, but yeah, figured it out. And that was kind of my next question. How did the people receive? They weren't very warm, or you can explain a little bit of the, whether there's different types of people that were more accepting, or um, was it because of seeing someone from the United States knowing that you're going to come minister here? Like, give, give us a little bit more. How were how were the people first? This. So the the culture itself is it isn't super welcoming. It's not super warm, and you never really know where you, you actually stand with a Thai person. Um, even if, if you're like best friends, like you won't know. Like I didn't know. Like like when we left, like people were crying. I was like, I had no idea. I meant that much to you. Like what? <laughs> like and other people were just like, mm. <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, just not like the welcoming was. It was kind of there, but it was just more just like. Oh, we got missionaries. Okay, like there they are, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so we spent some time in Bangkok, and then we got sent up north uh, to a, a village in the, like the northeast part by Laos. And uh, it's it's a bit of a different culture, but still like not the most welcoming, not like warm, kind of a little cold. But they they do show you a good time. They give you food. And like look at all the sights. Okay, we did our job. <laughs> So you get to Thailand and you start meeting these people. What what is and maybe I should have asked this in the beginning, but what was what was the mission, right? What what were you in Katana planning on doing there? How were you planning to to bring the gospel and, and bring that to the people of Thailand? So we had partnered with some missionaries that had 
are in Thailand still. They've been there for 12 plus years now. And they've been doing ministry in the Isan area. And they teach English at all these schools. And then they uh, invite the students to come to do Bible studies and come to the church. And we have a, as an English center. We call it the English center. We never call it a church. But it was in the heart of this village We were where two uh, Buddhist temples were right back to back next to each other. And we're just like, oh, this is quite interesting, right? And like, so, you, I mean, you run into people that had never heard Jesus or the gospel. It, it was really exciting. But we went there on, like, education visa uh, to voluntary, to go, to go in these, like, village schools. Some of these, like, the younger kids had never even seen a white person. So that was, like, oh, cool. Uh, to teach them English, to benefit their lives. If, if they even just learn English just a little bit, it's amazing how much it can benefit their lives and just their quality of lives, and not just their individual lives, but their whole family, right? So a child is expected to go into the big city and make money and support and support their parents, right? Even if the parents don't have, like, good, like, financial wisdom, uh, the, 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 ch- the children are still expected, okay, here's, here's my paycheck, here's my paycheck. Like, wow, very different. And while you were there, you guys were also taking um, speaking uh, time, right, classes? To do that, how that explain that whole process and, and how I know you guys were doing that here, but how different was it uh, doing it in Thailand and then also, <laughs> you know, putting it into practice while you're there? Yeah, so I always say, young put Thai my I I still cannot speak Thai, right? <laughs> like my Thai is I can get around and I can communicate, but my wife was actually really really good at Thai. And so because she looks, she actually looks very Thai. She's Indonesian and Alaskan native. But because she was Thai, more Thais would just gravitate toward her. And like, oh, there's your white husband over there. I'd just be like, I'm just going to look good, I guess. <laughs> and they would, you know, they would converse with her, right? And a, a lot of the Thai, if they see, you know, you're a foreigner, they want to actually practice English with you. Like, oh, I don't want to speak to you in Thai. I want to speak to you in English, right? So they're just like, ah, I'm trying to learn Thai though, right? <laughs> and so uh, you, you really, you got to get out, like, out of your comfort zone and just go to markets and, like, just slaughter the Thai language and, like, just go and go and try. Cause it's a, so it's a tonal language. Um, so, so, my, 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 my. Like, well, that's like, uh, new, wood wor- new wood will not burn, will it? My, 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 my. New wood will not burn, will it? Are you serious? <laughs> I, all I hear is my. Like, what are you talking about? My, like, my, 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 my. Like, those are all, like, different words. Like, wow. It was a struggle. I got, I got one more question. It's still a struggle. On, on this picture. No, go back to that picture. Oh, there, no, that one. Leave it right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because all the pictures that I saw you post, man, I'm sorry. How was that mustache received? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did that come about, man? Yeah, so. <laughs> So we had a, a mission conference in uh, Istanbul. Uh, so we went to Istanbul for a little bit. I was like, you know, I don't want to be res- – like, they're going to know I'm an American over there, so I want to grow out this gnarly mustache. You already stood out enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I grew it out for that, and it just kind of – like, my wife liked it. And I was like, yeah, I kind of like it too. I'll keep it for a little bit. But uh, the Thai people actually don't – they don't like facial hair at all. They think it's dirty and it's unclean. 
But I, I would not be received very yeah, well. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it was kind of like, I would say I, w I was maybe two years, just a year and a half old in this picture right here within the culture. And it was maybe like my rebellious phase, like, ah, you know, like, I'm going to grow out a mustache because whatever. <laughs> like, I have a little bit of control, you know. John, we can't go to Thailand. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So why'd you shave it now? I just, I don't know. It got itchy. And I was just like, ah, I'll just shave it off. It'll be all right. All right. So back, back, to, <clears throat> back to your ministry out there in Thailand. What, give us some, some examples of how you were able to, to minister to the people of Thailand, um, share the gospel with them. And, and another question, is there a Bible in Thai? There, there's uh, two or three different Bibles in Thai. Uh, so the problem with the Thai Bible is it's all written. So there's different uh, levels of the Thai language, too. Most, like 80%, 85% of the Thai speak at a basic level. And there's like a medium level, and there's like a high-class language, right? And the high-class language is what the Bible's written in. And like Thais don't like, most Thais that I've met, I, I'm speaking in general here, just from my experience too, right? So most Thais I met don't even like to read. And so they're not going to try to even read the high language because the high language like, is like ridiculous. <laughs> like it's so, it's so long and so long-winded and redundant. And it's just like, I, I, I'm not going to read that. But they do, uh, for example, like uh, Psalm 23, they translated it. They don't have a word for shepherd, right? And so they had to make up a word for shepherd. They just made up a Thai word for shepherd. And so you have to go, if people aren't Christians, right, they're like, I don't know what this means. Like, what the heck? You have to go and, like, oh, explain it to them. Right? So how were you able to minister? Give us an example of how you did that, how you, how you shared the gospel. Oh, wow, yeah. So our most powerful, maybe, presentation of the gospel uh, was not with this group. but uh, that, was, that was our thank you. Uh, I think I do have a picture of it. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, it was on our English Center uh, Sunday morning, and uh, we we were calling uh, Jesus is a bridge. Praye su Goku Sapan. So Jesus is the bridge to uh, heaven, right? And so they they believe one of the main deities they worshipped in uh, the area we were at was it was like it's a serpent. It's literally a serpent. They worshipped this serpent and it's called. Uh, Naga, which is uh, what is it? Sanskrit. It's Sanskrit for snake, and it, it comes from uh, Hindu Hinduism as well, right? And so they they'll literally like lay down sacrifices at these idols everywhere. Like it's everywhere. It's everywhere you go. It's kind of nice being away from it, honestly. But everywhere you go, you'll see idols. You'll see people just worshiping these idols in the street unashamed. It's like you're bowing down to a snake. Ah, oh, that's pretty different. So we, we were saying Jesus is the bridge, right? Jesus is the bridge to heaven. And I was speaking, and Katana was doing a, uh, like a picture on a whiteboard. And so I was explaining to Jesus how he separates the gap between us and him, between us and God, right? We don't, have to, we don't have to do merit. We don't have to do good works. That's what Buddhism teaches, right? You have to have your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. And it's like Jesus, Jesus is the bridge. So she drew a cross in, uh, in the gap. Right, we, I can probably all seen that picture, right? And as soon as she drew that, like all the kids were just like, like, yeah, <laughs> it was great. I was like, yeah, so, so.
and you could tell like they just got they got it like from that picture like thank God. <laughs> uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, um, now through you know seeing the pictures and posts and even some of the couple of the, the messages we went back and forth. You, I mean, you saw all these amazing events. Where, where did you always feel safe, or was there any hostility that you experienced? Or, or yeah, give us a little bit on on that time. So the Thai people are very, very passive, very gentle, uh, very non-aggressive people, and so I I never really felt in danger from a human being. There's dogs everywhere, and like there'll there'll be dogs with rabies, just like oh, let's stay away from that dog, you know, you don't get by bit by him. But uh, they, because of that, they are they are passive aggressive in ways, um, but never never outright like against you. Because if they were outright against you, like to your face, um, that they would actually lose face because of that. So. Now, what about you personally, or you and Katana? Were there any misconceptions about the culture, <laughs> about the people, about Thailand in general that you had to overcome, and maybe that you got wrong? I think the ideal of the Thai culture, you, you get it, you study a culture and you get it in your head, like, oh, that's the way it's going to be, right? They, they value relationship more than anything else. They're like, okay, I got that in my head. But then when you have, like, the theology of the hands, like, when your boot's on the ground and you see these people just, like, sacrifice, like, oh, I don't need to, I can do my message later. Like, I'll do it at 3 a.m. this morning because I need to go hang out with my friends. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's, that's like sacrificing everything for your relationship. Like they are, they are very like relational people. They'll hang out all day. They'll sacrifice everything for a relation. And because of that too, the the culture does suffer. They don't get a lot done, right? They really don't. Um, they just hang out, <laughs> which is it's great. It's cool. They they really know how to do community, and that's one of the big things I learned from them. Was like, man, community to them is so important. Like connecting with people, but yeah. Because of the other side, yeah, they do suffer. Like, where's the goals? Where's the progress? Like, okay. So you face a little bit of discouragement. Yeah. yeah. How did you overcome that? How did you and Katana, what did you guys do? Explain it. Yeah, so, uh, it wasn't easy on the marriage, right? We did uh, hire a marriage counselor through our uh, TMS. And I didn't want to talk about a lot of stuff to my own family because I think, oh, you should just come back to the states, right? I was just like, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want them to encourage me to do that either because I'm committed here and I want to. I want to pull through, have some grit, right? And uh, so it was a lot, a lot of marriage counseling um, and a lot of uh, mentors within uh, Thailand as well. We admit missionaries over there that had been there, you know, 20 years and stuff like that as well. And just like yeah, the first the first year, the first two years are really hard. Like, but once you get past those, yeah, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. <clears throat> Was there a specific scripture that maybe you know you leaned on during that time that you'd like to share with, yeah. with the church? I get my the experience of Thailand. This would be the scripture I would look to. Um, it's Philippians 2, verse, starting at verse 5. Uh, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, 
and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the, the death of a cross. So it was like, all right, Lord, like, help me love these people because I don't even like them right now, right? <laughs> like, I don't even like these people right now. Like, why'd you call me here? Like, this is tough. You know, it's like, humble yourself, you know, humble yourself, right? Like, learn to love them. I want you to learn to love these people. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we go into a place to want to minister to other people, but sometimes we forget that we can learn through that as well. And and when we finally realize that, man, sometimes God blows us. We see things that, that would make that experience that much more uh, enjoying and also productive, right? For the people. So thanks for being home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. What part of the ministry work that you did in Thailand that you found did you find the most enjoyable? This is a two-part question, all right? The most enjoyable and rewarding, but then also what was the most taxing and challenging? Hmm. I think the most enjoyable for me was I I think I went into areas of Thailand where potentially no other Christian has been. Like, wow, this is cool. This is a really cool opportunity to just be by myself. And like worship God out loud. And there's rice fields. Like I'm out on this dirt road walking. There's rice fields. And like all the local villagers are like, ah, Faranga. Like white man, <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> like just and just praying with, just praying, just blessing these people in the name of the Lord, right? And just just worshiping Jesus and just saying, you know, like, Lord, come to this land. Save these people, right? It just, man, like prayer walking, it was like so, so cool. Yeah. But that that was like a big strength of mine too, of how I definitely got through dark times as well. But also the most enjoyable, it was just like, man, I don't know if any other Christian has been in this place. Wow. wow. So just hearing everything that you're sharing, ministering to another culture, to this cross-cultural ministry seems very hard, right? And when we think about that that term cross-cultural ministry, we think about somewhere going overseas, but how many cultures are here, right, that we're called to minister here at home? So so I want you to think about that because I'm going to ask him a specific question for us later. Um, but you shared a little bit of, of kind of how what you learned about yourself. How, how else has this cross-cultural ministry impacted you and how have you grown and changed you and Thomas? Definitely, one of the main things I learned from the tie was the tie are all about the process, not the end goal. They're just like we're about the relationship along the way. Even that we, even though they're not productive, maybe in some areas, in a lot of areas, sure. <laughs> but the thing that stood out the most was just how much they would actually really sacrifice for each other, right? And just like so, we would have church. We would start. We would get ready at like eight, and we'd go to like three, and like. The, the church in Bangkok, especially, like, they would hang out all day together. Like, I got laundry to do and homework, but I'm, I'm with you, you know? <laughs> just like, I'm in community. It's like, it, it, it's amazing to their own destruction. <laughs> all right, so you're doing your ministry. Two years go by. You're getting close to come back home. Um, what are you looking forward to? And what is the toughest thing that you had to acclimate to come 
So I was looking forward to English. <laughs> that was a big one. <laughs> and uh, cold weather. Yeah. The two biggest things. Like, I just want to stop sweating. <laughs> I sweat all the time. <laughs> you just wake up in the middle of the night in a pool of sweat. You're like, ah, it's so hot. Right? And, and a nice bed, too. Right? Like, tie beds are very hard. It's, I mean, we get, we get used to it. We adapt, right? Yeah. And, uh, Maybe just a little bit of comfort would be nice, right? <laughs> uh, but the one of the biggest shock shockers actually coming back to the states for me was how big the roads are here. Like I drove, I drove Thailand up and down, like north, south, east, west, you name it, right? Like I drove a lot of Thailand. It was just a lot of ministry everywhere. And uh, yeah, the biggest thing I was just like, these roads in America are so huge. Like I love it, and like. So, for for instance, uh, in Thailand, like you have construction work. You know, here in the states, you might get like a mile like warning or even half a mile warning. There, it's like construction. Like, oh, I guess I gotta go over now. Like, people could die. <laughs> like, and like you're just dodging stuff all the time. Like, people. The scary thing. One of the scariest things that happened was a. Uh, so I didn't like driving at night there. So the windows are really tinted on our vehicle already, and. We had a, 99, a 1999 Honda City, uh, great vehicle. Not, the lights weren't very good. It was older, right? But it got us around. Um, driving at night, people, the, in the Isan area, people would walk the streets and walk the roads and walk the highways and ride their bikes on the highways and scooters without any lights, without any reflective gear. And it was just like crazy. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to kill somebody out here. And one night, I was just like, oh, Lord, protect us, right? Uh, there's a scooter accident that just happened, and I was going, what was it, like 70 kilometers an hour? I don't know what that means. It's like, I don't know maybe <laughs> 60 miles, 50, 60 miles an hour. And uh, all of a sudden, I see this guy just laying in the street. And like, if, if I would have been like just a few inches over, I would have killed this guy, hands down. I was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing just laying in the street? <laughs> You're like, come on. <laughs> Like, uh, we, yeah. So it, it's it is very nice to be on these big, wide, bright roads in America. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So during your stay, are there any specific people there in Thailand? Are there any specific people that impacted you and Katana? Yeah. If you want, can you go back to the slide? We're, we're in the car, uh, with, and we're all wearing red. Yeah, these guys. And then in what way? This is a uh, pastor Siam and his wife, right. and he's he is Isan, and we just absolutely loved his heart for Jesus. Like, he, we helped him like start to develop a church plant in a different area of Isan, like really small community village, and uh, just by teaching English. So he used us to bless the community. He's like, he went to the local school, to the village school. He's like, hey, we have some foreigners that want to come and bless you guys to teach you English in the name of Jesus, right? And, like, for me, that was, like, oh, this guy's awesome. Like, I love it. Because the ministry you're a part of, they weren't, like, there's, like, well, we're going to teach English. They're, like, we're going to teach English, and we're going to give you Jesus. You know, this guy was, like, we're going to teach English and give you Jesus. Right? Like, oh, so great. But we helped him develop relationships with these villages and to bless them. And we, we increased his face by doing this for him. And the communities trusted him, and he, he brought Jesus to them. And it was just so cool to be a part of. And even I saw a Facebook post just yesterday. He had a huge Christmas party for the same area we were in. Like, all these kids came, and it was just like, ah, oh, I got to be a part of that. Like, so, so awesome. 
Yeah, he, he's, he's really awesome. <clears throat> Another question. What is your most treasured memory in your two-year experience in time? There was quite a bit. Yeah, okay, so I do have an answer for this. So our, our time in Bangkok, uh, the Thai, Thai society is very, like, higher, higher, can I say that right? Hierarchical. Okay, so you got your top people and your bottom people, right? You got the rich and the poor, and it's just like, the rich can hang out with the poor, like, every now and then, but if you hang out too much with the poor and you're rich, you'll lose face, like, you, you won't be, like, good. So you can, like, brush shoulders with them, and then, okay, I'm, I'm gone. So one of the the church in Bangkok was by the slums, right? And uh, one of the poor ladies gonna cry. Right? I didn't think I was gonna cry. Okay, we're good. We got we got. She uh, wow. I got this. She was gonna. It, she invited us into the slums into her home. It was. She was so proud of it, and like she fed us food. It was like so. Hospitable towards us, and it's like she had nothing. Like her, her apartment was one room. <laughs> like she didn't even have a bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it's not just me that does yeah. this up here. Guys. See, there's a there's a Kleenex right here. here you go. <laughs> yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, and like, she, she just like, she honored us by like inviting us into that space. And like, to be that close to her too was like, wow, like, this is great. Like, this is the closest high person I've been part of. And we just got to like bless her with encouragement in like scriptures is the word. And we were still struggling with the language at that time, but it was just, it was just such an honor, like to be invited. Wow. Right? And it's like, there's my apartment, like there's a room, like okay, let's go eat. <laughs> and it's like, man. Wow. Great memory, man. Thank you. Thank you again for being vulnerable and sharing that, man. Yeah. That, that means a lot. <clears throat> All right, so what I want to do now guys, um I want to ask our church to see if they've got any questions. I have Mr. Harvey Baker with the mic. Come on down, Harvey. Mr. Scott's got a question for Jeremiah. Well, uh, you said that they worship uh, a snake. Yeah, they they have many many gods, right. but the the main deity where we were at, yeah, they worshipped a snake called Na Naga. 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 So, how did you explain Genesis three? Genesis three. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> we we mostly focused on the gospel in Jesus and yeah, all like all New Testament and so one of the things we learned how to minister to the Thai people and whether it was right or not, I'm I'm still like debating. That's why I love seeing him in mail so much for the the ministry we were a part of. They were very like gentle, like the Thai. Oh. Don't be aggressive with the gospel. Just let them come. If you get an opportunity to share it, share it. Like develop a relationship with them first. And like, yeah, it was it, what it wasn't very gospel aggressive at all. It was very very gentle. And it's like, 
Let's, let's share Jesus, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyone else have a question? Go to church together? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Uh-huh. They they don't mingle much. Yeah. So you can, right? Do the poor and the rich go to church together? They do, yes. And, uh, like, it's, they have, like, their positions, right? And you don't quite see it when you're first there, and then you kind of catch on, and you're just like, oh, oh, this is like, like, in America, we're all equal, right? There, it's very, it's very much just like, oh, this person, like, they truly, like, this person is more important than me. Like, I give them honor. Like, they, like, like, oh, wow, the pastor. Like, it's, it's, it's very interesting. But yeah, they, they all go to church together. You said you have a service from 8 o'clock in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. Uh, would you just have a service where you talk about all kinds of things, or do you try to focus on God? So the morning uh, starts out with just we getting prepared for the message. And then uh, they do it. They did a little Bible study in Thai. Well, this was all in Thai. And then they would have the service after that from Bible study to like, and the, yeah, then the service went to like twelve, twelve thirty, and they would have a meal afterwards. And then after that, it would just be relational. Like they wouldn't even necessarily talk about Bible or Scripture. Um, they would just enjoy each other's company. Like, however that would be. So, yeah, but all day. Like, literally all day. Like, alright, we're all going to, to this. Like, you can't do anything. Oh, you can, but if you do things as an individual, it's odd. Like, you have to do things with a big group. So, even set decorating for Christmas. So, let's say, uh, you're putting up the reefs here, right? Like, a whole team would do that. Like, a team of five, just for these three reefs. And it's like, we've got to do this together. And I'm just like, I can just put them up there. <laughs> you know? Like, no, no, we got to talk about it. We gotta... So things are very slow, very slow. And it's just like, oh, we must do this in community. You know? like, but can I just do it? No, no, we got to do it together. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, guys. So Jeremiah, close. I got oh, go. Penny. Over. Go ahead, Penny. Sorry. See you, right? Um, Penny. Use the mic, Penny. You said. There you go. Um, um, that Thailand thinks facial hair is dirty and gross or whatever. In a general sense, yeah. But how did they? How did they deal with you with your mustache? Well, since I was already a farang, like I was already an outcast, right? So I'm, I'm automatically an outcast. Like I'm an outsider. But like what our uh, organization said, you're always going to be an outsider, but make yourself acceptable outsider as much as you can, right? Yeah, that was, yeah, my rebellious stage, right? <laughs> Not a full yeah. beard. <laughs> Go ahead. So, as missionaries, how do you think the culture of Christianity Right now, I believe uh, there's ministries in Thailand that are doing amazing. They're, they're baptizing thousands of people, like, every month. Um, and the Lord is really just moving in that place because people are just hungry for hope. There is no hope in Buddhism at all. There's zero hope in Buddhism. 
it's very depressing. And you can tangibly feel it, like, in the culture. Like, these people have no hope. Yeah. Quite that. All right. Let's kind of wrap this up. I don't want to keep church here. And then I know after we get done today, we'll, everyone else in the church will get to ask more because we're going to have lunch with, with Jeremiah. Um, the fellowship team has prepared some lasagna. Oh, we have one more question. One more question. Okay. Hold on. Miss Pat has a question. All right. Jeremiah, you said that um, the ties are into the process, but not the goal so much. How did you deal with that in terms of getting them to the goal, which is, you know, baptism, of course, but the love of Jesus Christ and so on. And in the process, were they giving up their snake God, so on and so forth? Yeah, it's it's a very very slow process with the tie, right? As far as like how I was trained, um, that's why missionaries have got to stay there for a lifetime, like twenty years. Like you have to develop disciples for twenty plus years. It's just very slow, and yeah, they they're very careful about decisions because Buddhism Buddhism is so such a huge part of their identity, and they're like sacrificing their identity to become a Christian, right? All right. Okay, guys. So we, we have, we'll have a lot of time after service. One more thing. Um, I got one more question to close this out. So where are you in Katana now? Um, how, how, how are, how is, you know, what does the future hold? Where is God leading you? And how, as an extended church family, can we pray? So Katana and I are current, we landed back in China, Wyoming, and uh, we're just in a, a season of like discerning. And like praying and seeking wisdom on next steps of what to do. Do we go back to Thailand? Do we stay in the States for a bit? Um, if we are in the States, where are we at? So it's just really getting down and communicating that with each other and figuring it out. So, uh, and even like getting back into American culture a bit too, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Gotcha. All right. Thank you, Jeremiah. Let's give Jeremiah a hand. Um, it's not going to be the, the only time that we get to see him. Him and Katana come down quite a bit, and they hang out with us, and I know that they're going to come down and, and uh, spend some time here and there, and then we'll get to do some other stuff, get back to, to what we were doing before, right? Yeah. Amen. All right, Katana, if you're watching, we love you. Um, take care of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Church family, um, yeah, blessing to be here and share this experience with Jeremiah. And with that, I'll hand it over to Jeremiah. All right.